I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joined this week by Matt Knight. Hello. Jay Cross. Hello. And Joe Branton. Bon chante. That's, I don't know what that means. Does it mean just hello or something? Yeah, it's just a greeting, okay, isn't it? You good, know, it's good. a friendly continental greeting. Hello to everyone who uh, is watching Which live. continent? You know, the continent. The one. Eurasia. The, there's a few. Australasia, sure. my favourite yeah. of all continents. Yeah, it's probably that one. Um... So, um, thanks to uh, everyone who's joining us live on ampli.fi forward slash guitar nerds, uh, where we are streaming. Uh, if you want to, uh, or if you're joining us there, then you can obviously get involved in the chat. Do send us questions. Do get involved. We'll be taking questions from the chat throughout the next hour or so. Uh, worth mentioning, we stream live to ampli.fi forward slash guitar nerds, 8.30 every Tuesday night, 8.30 UK time. Um, and uh, if you miss it, there's a, a catch-up function on the site as well, yes. um, and on YouTube. And you can listen to the audio podcast, which I know loads of people prefer to do. Greetings to everyone listening to us in the future. Indeed, indeed. What will have happened? Will Southern Rail completely have broken down? I think, um, judging by the comments on the Facebook group today, that not a lot of people would even know what Southern Rail is, as we were talking to some American people who were... Who uh, uh, didn't understand a few words in the in the English terminology? Oh yes, we used uh, a, a yeah, few choice words. A few choice words that are pretty much uh, good, strong British swear words. Yeah. Anyway, um, if there's a bit of noise in the background tonight, it's because um, it is literally the hottest day of the year so far. Uh, we got the windows open in Jay's flat, um, and if you watch the Facebook group uh, video that we did earlier, you can see Jay lives right near the seafront. So if you can hear seagulls and uh, beach revelers in the background that is why it, normally we shut the windows um, but it's just too hot yeah. it's too hot how's it looking in London Matty? Uh, it is absolutely roasting yeah my, my flat is 32 degrees which I'm assuming if we have some American listeners probably or anywhere in the world it's probably much hotter but for us English folk this is the first hot day my, this year. my usually pasty white face has turned a shade of bright pink because I went in the sun at the weekend. So, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's very hot. So if you hear some background noise, that's what it is. Um, but, yeah, we're all good. We'll survive, I think. Yeah. How's everyone doing? Matt Knight. 
Very good. Very good. Yeah, apart from melting, um, it's been a fun and interesting week, I think. Um, I haven't really done a lot of guitar related um, because, yeah, the sun's been out, so I've sort of been outside. But I thought about taking my guitar outside, and then I was like, no one wants to hear that. No. No. No uh, one wants like to. It's my little microcube. I could take my special brew amp. Uh, my my little amp built into a special brew can and then oh, that thing's so cool you put a uh, a picture up on that recently on the um uh on the Instagram on the Guitar Nerds Instagram and it looks absolutely wicked yeah, did it, you build it, that it yourself came, or buy it like that no it, it, I saw the advert in the back of an old guitarist magazine years ago yeah and uh back in the day when you know you actually paid attention to the adverts at the back right. and uh yeah, I, I sort of, I think my parents bought it for me one Christmas. Um, not that I've ever really used it. I thought it'd probably be a handy thing to maybe record with for double tracking, I know. Oh, yeah. I can't remember Just get what. a sort of B in the box sort of vibe. Yeah, well, I think it's, although I'm not like the world's biggest fan, I think Jerry Cantrell recorded a lot of the, uh, like, Alice in Chains stuff with a pig nose. So it's oh, like yeah. a normal, yeah, it's a normal guitar amp and then everything sort of like double tracked on a pig nose. Nice. Um, Amazing. Yeah, because it, it just sounds like totally different to any other amplifier, doesn't it? So it's kind of like, if you want to sort of double track, why not double track it with something ridiculous? Jay, didn't your mate double track some stuff with like an orange, not a micro terror? Didn't he have like a Crush 3 or an MS2 at some point? I'm sure he posted like an Instagram video of it and was running some tracks through it with a, oh, with a uh, mic in front Pete, of it. Pete Miles, I think, did, didn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Use one of yeah the little orange practice yeah, yeah, amps. Well, yeah. I've seen people use the uh, the little Marshall equivalent as well, um, and it's it's you know that's a, just a really good way of getting really kind of neat, uh, kind of th- surprisingly thick tones like little Marshall uh, kind of battery clip or no like belt clip amp um, with an SM57 is yeah it can sound really neat. I suppose there's a lot you can do in like post post-production yeah 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 definitely definitely but also I just think that kind of natural you know having a low powered amp and just turning it up as loud as it will go um, yeah. is, uh, is, a, is definitely a cool thing um, just quickly Matt before we go on um, we're having some problems with the stream tonight some camera issues so if it's looking a bit weird um, we're trying to sort it um, but we might just have to soldier on it seems like I can't work out how to fix this. Fix this, but do bear with us. You're still hearing the audio. You're still seeing a bit of me and a bit of Joe. So, um, yeah, do, uh, do. I mean, worst case, and I mean, it looks like we've got two options. It's either uh, m- like we suffer through this, or you and me have to get closer to Joe. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. So um, I live in London. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so what else you've been doing, Matty? Well, you've been indoors and not uh, subjecting the the public to your. Uh, noise uh, I was um, as part of something I'm doing I was sort of specking up some pedal boards for someone and uh, with this company called I hope I'm pronouncing this right Schmidt Array it's a, a, a British guy who lives in Germany who builds really fancy really sleek uh, pedal boards okay. and they aren't cheap but they look absolutely amazing but they're like modular pedal boards so like they're like two tiered and you can like spec the tier, the tiers in different ways and they're designed to fit different pedals um, and he sends you like a proper scale image of that board with all the pedals so you send him all the pedals all the power supply all the cables using and he kind of like sends you back a little model of it as well so you know that everything's going to fit because right. oh, I think that's always the worst thing it's like when you buy a pedal board and then you kind of like 
get everything and you're like oh yeah I can't fit it all on um, but yeah they do some like cool connection boxes they come with like rechargeable LED lamps that clip onto the back of it uh, all the decks underneath open up so you can put all your cables underneath um, it's like really cool and they do like flame maple boards and like ridiculous wow. colours and well, things sounds, like that as well that sounds great that's actually yeah, no go on sorry no, I was going to say yeah it's just one of those I think there's quite a lot of people out there doing like bespoke pedal boards for someone who uh, doesn't just want to like a pedal train I, I think, think it's, it's kind of cool a, it's a really good idea if you can sort of set y- y- yourself down on something I mean, I'm constantly changing things so I wouldn't want to go I down that's, that route that's but. always the thing isn't it and it, like these you know they're not cheap like no. just the board is like like a pedal train pro size two tiered it's like 600 euros whoa okay that's not so, cheap so you've got a really not ever want you've got to, to really be committed yeah. to uh, <laughs> I mean that's the thing I was like oh yeah it'd be really good to have something like that but then like I've you know finished my pedal train pro and then within like three weeks I kind of like ripped everything off it again to it's be like, fair uh, if you if you paid 600 pounds for a board that would probably be enough um, to, to make you want to stick with it on a slightly yeah. more permanent basis yeah I think not even just stick with that but just like put it together and then never take it apart again. yeah yeah pretty much um, this, um, speaking of, of you know what you're saying about uh, pedal boards and you know not quite being able to fit things on it's my only and relatively massive gripe with um, with pedal train whilst I think they make the best most affordable sort of boards on the market um, it really annoys me that they come without the velcro fitted because it they're not gonna. They don't work without Velcro fitted. So yeah, you, you have the first thing you're going to do is cut the Velcro to size because they give it rolls, which is annoying. So you cut the Velcro to size and fit it. But as soon as you've done that, you can't return it. And that's that's the thing. This is such a great idea. You don't when you buy it, you don't know if it's going to fit all your pedals on it. And Vel- then Velcro is not the only way, though, is it? Like you can use cable ties. I've seen people use cable ties on boards to yeah, hold their pedals I down. Mean, that I mean, that yeah. doesn't work. I don't know how you feel about that, Matt. Probably uh, no, that's ridiculous. Every it's a bit wrong. It's, it's, it's a bit it's, wrong. Just, yeah, blue tack. Yeah, all right. Um, Although, yeah, actually, to be fair, you probably could use blue tack just to kind of put them roughly in place, and yeah. then you'll know. And then yeah. if you don't like it, return it. Yeah. Or oh. just buy the biggest pedal board you can, and then you know. Then you've got loads of space. Well. Yeah. Stump space. <laughs> unless you, <laughs> unless yeah, okay, potential space to uh, fill it with yeah. loads of loads of pedals and stuff. Um, Jay Cross, what have you been up to this week? Um, not a lot. Um, I have. To, I should apologise for disappearing at the drop of a hat last week. Yeah, we all thought you were going to. Uh, we thought it was going to be a Jay. You know the the four musketeers. Yes. No. I had to. Uh, I had to. I had to quickly rush my cat to the emergency room, where unfortunately she did not make it. Um, so I've not been doing very much this week because I've just been very sad. Morning. So, uh, so yeah, that's why I disappeared last week. Uh, and well, I didn't even appear, did I? Just, no, uh, no it, yeah, yeah, just all blitzed really quickly. It was actually so. quite. It was. It was quite difficult last week. Uh, it was quite diff- seeing as you've mentioned it now. It's yeah, not, yeah, yeah, it's not something that we're trying to work around, but it was actually quite tricky last week because because we now live stream. This wasn't a case of me and Mark could just. And, and Matt could just like no, not stop yeah, like we stop. Can, no, 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 of and, and help yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay Jay <laughs> was dealing with this real situation and we had to just sort of carry on yeah it was very bizarre that it was all happening in the same yeah, yeah, yeah it was, uh, and we, so we didn't bring it up because obviously like we didn't no, know of course, what was going to yeah, happen yeah, no, stuff, of so, course, but, um, but yeah there we go so that's why I wasn't here last week it was a bit, so, of, a, bit of a heavy week so I hope you all enjoyed the podcast last yeah, week yeah cheers guys yeah, yeah. died yeah and any any 
you know any excitement or, or humour or happiness on last week's podcast was completely fake was totally contrived yeah because everyone was really worried so yeah. Uh, yeah. but there we go it's all it's all good well I mean it's not good it's really terrible but um, you know the the worst is over so uh, so we've had a burglary and a death in the last two weeks yeah 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 yeah, yeah. what do they say bad things come in, uh, in, in to threes. good to people that happen Oh. Yeah, bad Is things come to people who happen. Yeah, only, yeah, the, only, the, the, oh my only God. the good die young. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's a big, know. it's big phrase. Always bet on black. Um, <laughs> but so you've not done much guitar stuff, guitar related stuff this week. Um, unsurprisingly, no, not a huge amount. You put on a no. gig. I did put on a gig. I, actually, that's a good point. I should talk about that. So on uh, Sunday night, I put on a uh, a band from Australia called the Smith Street Band. Yeah, who are really cool, sort of like indie indie rock folk punk kind of band I guess you're just um, naming genres no, in, indie rock <laughs> folk punk dance techno yeah. <laughs> there's wrong with that but um, it's, it's quite funny actually so I first met them uh, I met them about three years ago I happened to be in Manchester when they were playing a show with my friend's band I ended up hanging out with them for the uh, for the weekend and um, the I'd spent maybe like two days with them before they played the show and they played the show in Manchester it was a sold out show there was like 250 people there or so and um, the like, I'd, I'd sort of you know spent a bit of time talking with them and the guitar player had just got his pedal board out just before they went on stage and um, I was like oh cool let's have a little uh, let's have a little look and was looking at uh, looking at the pedals I was like um, just out of interest what have you got um, can I just before you go on before you go on what's going on with no, the order here before you go on with that oh, Joe Branton your laptop has got a touch screen I didn't even know that <laughs> <laughs> I just went to wipe a bit of spit off of the screen and everything <laughs> I just I saw you do that does this come off then like an iPad I don't know maybe no I don't think so <laughs> Anyway, oh, who knows? Anyway, sorry, Karen, carry on. I'm just the shock of Joe touching the screen and it moving <laughs> totally maybe stop listening to what you were saying. <laughs> sorry, carry That's on. Right. Yeah. So he opened his pedal board. He opened his pedal board and uh, and I I said like, are we doing? And I can't remember what it was, but there was there was something was in what I considered to be the wrong place. And when I say I considered to be the wrong place, I of course mean it was in the wrong place. Right. And, right. Um, was it a compressor at the start? No, I can't. At, at the end, I can't remember what it was. Was it delay before Metal Zone? Was that it? Yeah, I think that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I can't remember what it was, you know, one way or another. But um, he, like, he said, no, that's totally right. What you... No, no, that's totally right. Totally right. I don't know what you're talking about. Totally right. Anyway, that was sort of the end of the conversation. He got a bit indignant about it. And um, and I, uh, maybe a year or so later, he started going out with one of my friends. And uh, I spoke to her, and, uh, and she was like, "So, um, do you remember ages ago you had a conversation with Lee about, about his pedal board?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had the pedals in the wrong place." And she was like, "Yeah. So uh, he, um, he, uh, he, he tried, you. he tried him, he tried him your way round, and uh, it's really annoying because it sounds much better." Yeah. And anyway, I had that conversation with him, and uh, he was like. Yeah, you were totally right. But we talked about his pedal board, and he like he got uh, he just got one of the Hoof Reapers. Um, oh I think yeah, it was a Hoof Reaper. It's one of the um, one of the Earthquake, Earthquake one of the Earthquake pedals, and yeah, like big just, old fuzz. Yeah, great guitar sound. Um, just a, like really cool band, like pretty simple setup. Um, and uh, he was like, "Go on, in, go and have a look at my pedal board. See if you can uh, see if I bet there's nothing to criticize." And I looked, and the order was all all right, but the last three pedals were all stereo. I was like, "So um." Right. How come you're not running those in stereo? And he was like, G-g-g-d-. 
I can't have another amp here. I can only take one. Uh, and apparently he runs it in stereo in Australia. Right, so it's, that's you know, good. it's fair enough. But uh, but yeah, so that was cool. Um, yeah, so I guess I have sort of done something gig related. Uh, you've you've uh, un-upset an Australian. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or re-upset. Un-re-upset. Okay, you've un- mm. you've unreupset an Australian, something like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. but uh, but yeah, great band, really good band. Is it because uh, they are upside down in on the world that they have to have their pedals in a different order? Is that how it works? Because uh, of the gravity. Yes. Yeah. 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 The um, otherwise they fall off the pedal board. The, yeah. They <laughs> right. They fall, just go up in the air. Signal goes from uh, from left to right. Right. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Joe Branton, you've yes. been out festivaling this week. I did. Yes. Um, you want to talk about the pedals? Well, the, let's say the pedals. Well, the gear. The, the gear of Latitude Festival. Yes. Yeah. So I went to Latitude, which is a, a little festival. Uh, I don't know somewhere. I'm going to say it's in the north because it's north of London. Okay. It was, it was. It felt. It was. It took me four and a half hours to get there. So right. It's, north. Uh, it's, it's like my hometown. My home area. Is it? Oh yeah, it's near. Festival. It's near that. It's in Suffolk. What's that? Which is nowhere near up north. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. it's near one of those pointless towns, Ipswich. That's it. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's sort of Ipswich and Coventry, the two most pointless places in the uh, United Kingdom. But <laughs> I can hear our, our Patreon. Uh, yeah. Our Patreon. Uh, oh come on! What are the chances are of anyone interesting actually <laughs> coming from either of those towns? Anyway, this unbelievable. is unbelievable. Uh, uh, yeah, so this one's apparently near Ipswich. Mick um, McCarthy lives in Ipswich, and he's a very Mick important McCarthy man. Mick McCarthy is amazing. Right, okay. For but anyway, I don't know if he lives in Ipswich, but so uh, Latitude's a Probably really in, uh, nice, Norfolk. yeah. Latitude's a really nice festival that takes place somewhere. Uh, it takes place in a woods rather than in uh, you know sort of disused farmland where a farmer has is trying to make money yeah. and makes tons of it and still claims to be in some way left wing. But uh, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> it's a Glastonbury comment. Okay, fine. Yeah, so anyway, Latitude is uh, is a really cool, interesting uh, festival in a woods. Um, it's very, very green. Um, there's, there's, if, if, like, even down to food, if you want to sell food there, all the containers and everything have to be biodegradable. They have recycling bins all over the place. No paper cups for for booze. Uh, you get a, you get allocated a plastic cup at the start of the festival. Which what's wrong with paper cups? Uh, well, because people just throw them on the floor. So by the third day, oh, so, oh, you, so you get one at the beginning, yeah, and that's it. You You're allowed to bring it. your own in. No, no, it's a, it's one that you oh, pay right. a deposit for. You oh. can get your deposit back, or you can keep it as a souvenir. Oh, well. it's, it's very nice. Anyway, it's really nice. Cause it's so clean and lovely. And of course, it's been so hot recently. But anyway, so I went to see those bands, and there was some really interesting gear there. Um, I, th- I I saw, I mean, some very impressive stuff. I think Top Marks might just go to M83 for their. Um, their bass player, stroke guitarist setup. Okay, he plays a um, he plays a, an American Standard Jaguar bass until about halfway through the set, where he switched over to a double necked Dan Electro. Yes, uh, you know the short horn. I've forgotten what it's called. Is it, it's not the DC fifty nine? Yeah, fifty nine. Yeah, yeah, that's fifty yeah. nine. Yeah, yeah. DC fifty nine. Um, yeah, a double necked bass and guitar, and it was brilliant. He was because they were all on a click. He was playing bass lines. Um, sampling them in live I yeah. couldn't see what was on the floor because it was the main stage it's sure. very big sampling them in live then switching to the guitar and playing over the top of that nice absolutely brilliant I've never seen a you know one of those used so smartly and so not like um, cock out rockly like it was actually he was using <coughs> that instrument because that was the correct instrument for what he needed yeah because he was doing a bass line looping it and then playing, playing guitar, guitar over the top, the top. Yeah. you know the other solution to that would have been just to get someone else in the band yeah. 
That's maybe what I would have done. Not enough mates. Always they do the have a lot of people in the band, actually. Do they? Yeah, yeah. But so no one to play bass. Is there, for the... For the <laughs> no one wants to play bass. Oh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. For the songs where he wasn't playing the double neck, was yeah. someone else playing bass? Uh, no. Uh, uh, no, he normally plays bass. Uh, um, and okay. then they have another one or two guitarists. Okay. But for this one, the other two guitarists were playing synths. They're quite a synth-heavy band, okay. you see. So, uh, I don't know much about them, I've got to admit. Yeah, uh, used to be very shoegazy, have gone a little bit 80s poppy on their newer okay. stuff. And it was the newer stuff where he was doubling up. But that was really great, really interesting to see. Um, saw some great um, uh, saw some great sort of other bits and bobs. Uh, uh, the smaller stages were especially interesting. I went to see Three Trap Tigers, who are a, okay. a, f- a favourite of mine. They're sort of um, mathy, is that right? We've played with them. Yeah, they're, they're oh, sort of... Me and you? Yeah. Really? Yep. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah They did. used to be much more sort of punky, I guess, than they, they are now. They're still very sort of dancey, so very synth-heavy math. Their drummer is one of the best drummers I've, I've ever seen. But, right. Um, their guitarist has recently switched over from... Um, a, a, if you listen to them on record, you won't know there's a guitar there. Okay, because it's what too it's like synthy or very synthy, right. very synth heavy. But he was using um, a really nice um, custom shop uh, Fender Jazzmaster in surf green, okay. uh, which looked, I mean it it could have been a real one actually right. to be honest from the distance I was seeing it at, but it looked probably could have been a squire and you wouldn't have noticed <laughs> no but the the wear looked convincing right. enough to me that, that it was like that so yeah so um so some really sort of just in general really interesting gear i saw uh mogwai and uh and the part of the editors have got a new band uh called minor victories okay um and uh their their setup was really interesting their bass player was switching between a pawn shop bass six and a guild broadcaster guild uh gretch broadcaster bass oh nice which was really cool and actually that wasn't the only Fender Pawn Shop Basics I saw I also saw uh, yeah yeah so two there so um, so the Pawn Shop is the one with the like it looks like a jazz master pickup in the bridge but it's a humbucker that's right yeah yeah yeah. that so saw that both for minor victories and also um, for the uh, for Aurora the pop star Aurora who uh, the pop star well, pop, so you know it's pop music it's a solo thing you know, okay. or whatever but uh, but that's always her band because I've, I've seen a video of them and uh, it had baritone guitar over the top and he was just he had a playing a pawn shop basics capital on the seventh fret to make it a baritone and it sounded right. great and it sound, and he mixed up the, the his bass lines were he was running through a Vox AC30 and uh, and mixing between playing bass lines on it and capoing it and playing baritone guitar but he so, played that one instrument for the whole thing really it's quite an interesting thing. After playing your basics for a week or so when mm. I borrowed it, yeah, it does... I don't know. For me, I just found it quite difficult to play, but I guess that's maybe yeah. it's just that one. I know. Yeah, I think after we gave it Gear of the Year and everything, I think it is a tricky instrument to make yeah. correctly, and I think too many corners have been cut with the Squire Vintage Modified. Right. It's great to try out and certainly I think it was an important guitar to be there because I think people needed to be able to spend 250 quid on it to find out if they wanted a Basics or not. Um, however, I don't think it's really gig worthy as an instrument. That's quite, it's quite interesting that you talk about that because um, actually uh, Jota Power in the in the uh, Ampli, Ampli.fi uh chat has just said do you prefer the pawn shop basics or the squire um and i think that's actually quite uh they're very different instruments aren't they i prefer the setup of the um of the of the squire one definitely because it's got the original switching Mm -hmm. which i think is really interesting and unique and i kind of i 
as, as I'll talk about a little bit later in the podcast because it comes under our brand of the week I'm a big fan of um, of those little toggle switches um, that you get on things like Hofner bases Hofner's and stuff, and stuff. Yeah. I think they're really interesting for giving you like one or the other sound Yeah, and we seem to like everything has just changed to pickup selectors and rollable controls that, that take you you know smoothly through yeah. sort of tone options I love the idea of being able to switch stuff to give yourself sharp differences it's why I love Jaguar guitars because you've got that those yeah. switches just allow you to have like a really soupy neck pickup and a really brittle trebly bridge pickup and, and things like that are just sort of lost on modern guitars and I think the pawn shop lost that a little bit that said I think the pawn shop probably has a well has a much better bridge set yeah. up construction and and that's why people play those. I think it, it was kind of a sh- I think it was kind of a shame that they put in that um, Jazzmaster pickup. It was probably tonally a great decision. Were they but, were they not trying to appeal to a broader audience though? Yeah. I guess they were going okay. You know what would be good? Like maybe some like metal players pick these up, or someone doing yeah. something like heavier and sludgier. That back single coil is not designed for that at all on those guitars. It's no. so like. I mean, they used to call that sound that kind of tic-tac sound, yeah. uh, that kind of Nashville basics sound, because it was so like clicky and stuff. Yeah. Um, whereas, obviously, adding the humbucker in there gives you a much richer, thicker it's, sound. It's so. prob- it probably is a better setup. I am just, uh, and it's purely personally, I, I'm, an, I'm a sucker for like year correct. The vin- yeah, things. period correct. And, yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, period correct. Sorry, and um, uh, yeah. So, but but definitely, the pawn shop is is prob is. Well, evidently, I saw it twice. It's the first time I've ever, ever seen it being used. It's evidently a better option if you actually want to use it. I mean, the only other people I know that use it in a modern context, are, as we've spoken before, um, football, etc. Football, etc. Yeah, yeah. And they play. They do play a traditional spec one. It's a, custom, it's a custom shop. shop yeah, yeah, a shell yeah. pink. Custom yeah, it was shop. Ama- it's amazing. Amazing guitar. Um, we actually had a follow-up question here from uh, Julio Elias saying, "Is what's the different woods? Do you know what they are? Is it basswood on the?" So on Squire the, one's basswood, yeah, definitely. The, yeah, the Squire one's basswood, and, and then it's just order on the. Is on it the order? Right, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, so it's 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 quite. So uh, it is like more of a. It's more yeah. of a heavyweight instrument, and the, yeah. the build and stuff is better. I would the, say the bridge is pretty bad on the. I would say that if you're going to buy the Squire, the Squire one, I think they are incredible value for money. I don't regret getting mine, and I have no intention of selling mine. But if I ever wanted to take it out and and gig it I would have to change the bridge and you can change that over to like yeah. a Mustang bridge or something yeah. like that it just it needs some work to be honest after you've given it the appropriate amount of work to make it giggable I still think it would be cheaper than a pawn shop so it's almost probably still worth, worth doing, doing that Matt you've got one don't you Matt had I one I used to right, I used okay. to have one uh, once again I just I wasn't using it but I also found that unless you really upgraded it it kind of like it didn't it was just it's like the, the, the bare bones were there and you kind of had to like really work it to kind of get it to where it needed to be you yeah. did the I upgrades w- though didn't you? you you did actually change uh, the I did. I put the Mustang bridge on it and I did get it set up but personally I think it'd benefit from like having some better pickups in it as well yeah, really um, I did actually talk to Bare Knuckle at one point about kind of rewinding the ones that are in it and kind of because they aren't just Jaguar just- pickups like you, there's, they're not a base specific one or as far yeah. as I'm aware yeah yeah, because actually, what I wanted was them to, because um, I still think the best pickups, anything, are the bare knuckle ones they put in the the Johnny Marr, but they obviously don't make them outside of right. yeah the the Johnny Marr. However, they yeah, said no, that they could crazy. rewind a pickup to the same spec, but they just couldn't call it a Johnny Marr. So yeah, I was like, yeah. at one point, 
and then I was like well I don't know if it'd realistically be worth it I think I sold that and bought my Paisley Strat so I think it was probably oh fair a, enough nice, uh, nice. Yeah, it was you kind need, of was, like a worthy sale I was thinking the other day when we do this next round of um, Pedal of the Week videos you should bring the Paisley Strat with you yeah I, I did like, what was I saying the other week I did like a proper setup on it and like I was actually the first time I've done a setup from like start to finish and yeah. then was like really chuffed with it yeah. so yeah it's playing it's playing really well so yeah I'll bring that I should really buy one of those mono double gig bags or, or something like that and then I can bring two guitars down that would yeah, definitely yeah, be definitely, yeah. um, that, speaking yeah. of those brief note on those uh, Johnny Marr pickups I actually when I had a um, one of the Squire uh, Vim Mod Jaguars for a while I got in touch with Bare Knuckle to ask them if they'd do me a set because I know that they weren't really supposed to um, but I thought because I was working in a shop I might have a little bit more sway uh, but it, they said that it wasn't that they it, it actually isn't that they're not supposed to for licensing reasons or anything like that it's that um, they've forgotten how to no 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 it's it's actually because of the setup you know how it's a four way switch yeah and then the uh, the um, high pass filter or the treble boost is um, what's normally the uh, the circuit selector um, like it, it's just a lot more involved than just doing uh, right. and so they can't they just can't do that because they don't I don't know now, I, now I'm saying it out loud it doesn't sound believable maybe they were maybe just, they were just maybe they were just fobbing me off I don't know but I think they're, they're probably they're probably under license by like Fender and or I'm sure yeah, yeah. Johnny Marr oh yeah. oh that your phone? It's telling me to Instagram. No, it's telling me to Instagram post. Do an Instagram do post. Do an Instagram post um, right now. So should we move on some news? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there are um, a couple of other bits. I just want to briefly mention that I saw um, a band called Weaves. Um, who, if anyone's managed, if you're into cool old retro guitars, um, the guy from Weaves was playing an old um, uh, semi-hollow uh, harmony guitar that had uh, the pickups in it had gone very microphonic. Was he using them to sing into? Yes, yeah, you already know. Nice. So he was, he was, he was fretting uh, with his left hand and singing, or just, just sort of um, making high pitched noises into the F hole, and uh, and that through sort of like his his array of octavers and drives just sounded incredible. Yeah, I bet that it was one of the weirdest, coolest things. Weaves, yeah, know that well. No, they an, an extreme southern drawl to oh, their, okay. their sort of music but uh, we, I think I saw them recently southern North American drawl but, um, yeah I saw I saw them recently really? I thought I they were Canadian actually oh really well, I yeah. absolutely love they them they are Canadian are they <laughs> that's weird like, it's a real <laughs> real right, okay. southern drawl okay. how bizarre but um, I, I absolutely love them yeah what an absolutely brilliant band that was really interesting anything else to go over or should we move on to some news uh, well, yeah we should move on uh, this week I um, I got through the post finally my um, six 62 jazz bass mute kit okay so i will be attempting to fit that cool. uh, this week Let, i want to see some pictures put them yeah, up in yeah. the uh, facebook group i certainly will do um facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum i'm far yeah. more interested in a uh 31 uh bassist mute <sighs> yeah that's what i need 31 yeah. year old bassist right, mute that'd right. be good I'm 32. he's 32 Th- so. 32 year old bassist mute mute Anyway, um, let's do some news. Nude men. Just uh, one bit of news this week. Um, it, the J Rocket Audio Designs 45 Caliber Overdrive. Matt Knight, give us the uh, give us the news. Yeah, can you guess what it might be? Um, 45 Caliber. Uh, Come is on. it is it an overdrive? Uh, it is. Is it? Oh, what do you I think it's based on? I thought it, the 44, the Caliber 44. No, is no, it based on a tube screen? Oh, 44 Magnum. <laughs> 
No, it is actually based on a Marshall JTM 45. Oh, nice. I think they were, try- I think they were trying to give it away oh, in the course. name without 45. actually basically, yeah, giving it away too much. And they're like, uh, I didn't get it at first until I was like, oh, yeah, 0.45. Yeah, they, they're not making a one better version of the Electro Harmonics uh, 44 Magnum. That <laughs> yeah. would be... Uh, <laughs> That would be silly. Um, yeah, basically, Marshall Plexi uh, in a box, the kind of thing that everyone's sort of doing at the moment. But I watched a few demo videos, and I've actually tried one of these, and it's much lower in gain structure than like the, vi- the some of the pedals that we've done. So, um, like the Ramble FX Marvel, uh, Marvel Drive, um, the JHS Angry Charlie. It's not like the kind of hot-rodded Plexis. It's that kind of more... As they kind of put it that sort of like woody sort of cranked marshall so not like tons of gain but it's got that real nice sort of um fat bottom end and sort of upper mids okay um so it's more of that sort of like hendrixy sort of thing um you know that sort of cleaner vibe on the neck pickup on a strap and um it sounds good through pretty much anything to be honest i've tried it through um tried it through a fender um tried it through a morgan and uh, tried it through a tiny little um, solid state cube as well and it worked like pretty nice it gives you that martial vibe no matter sort of what you're plugging it into like I said relatively low gain and then it's sort of bass and treble controls volume and gain so yeah something if you want that kind of British sound but you don't want like ridiculously hot rodded so more ACDC and like I said sort of like some of the cleaner Hendrix stuff but it's, it's, it's really nice actually like yeah, go for it if you don't want something sort of more or less gainy. Um, and part of their sort of new tour series. So smaller boxes, like really solid switches, and yeah, super rugged as well. Is the, sorry, is the tour series a micro pedal then? Or no, just, the tour series, because there are other pedals. I don't know if you've seen their other pedals. They're sort of in like, how would I describe it? Like the cans that spam come in? You know, those kind of like slightly like <laughs> oval cans. <laughs> With some switches on. Okay. Uh, Why that's the was only that your I... point of reference? Uh, that's I mean, the only thing is... I could think that was that sort of shape. Yeah, I guess that's like kind of a spam unique shape. Cans. That's yeah, like the old spam can. Yeah, you know the spam can pedals. Um, maybe that's maybe that's what we should do. You know, just buy loads of old spam cans and then build pedals into them. Sounds good to um, me. Yeah. yeah. So they were the kind of like these really odd and bulky shapes. You know, when like a pedal company's like. Oh well, I could just buy the enclosures from Hammond and make it like an MXR size or whatever. No, I'm going to do something different. And like they're like a so they like a, like a plexi spam. top. Yeah, they're like a plexi top, like plexi glass top, and they they kind of looked a bit weird, but it also looked a bit like tacky's not the wrong word, but they looked so different that they almost people were like put off by them. So they've kind of gone. Oh, and then these ones are just like solid metal boxes. They're slightly smaller than MXR pedal. Okay. Um, and actually like way more solid um and i think they're re-releasing their entire range in that series as well so yeah what they've just called the tour series i think it's cool uh, at a time like you say where most kind of marshall in a box pedals are going for how know, much gain can we do loads of gain more kind of t- somewhere between like you know uh, jtm and like jcm 800s kind of si- uh, style and you yeah. know like the with the ramble drive um the ramble effects marvel drive where they've gone you know high and low gain uh inputs and stuff on there you know like um patch channel type vibe this sounds like a really stripped down but cool rocky version yeah, of that. I, I... hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Both because the thing is the amp head's like 45 watts. So you gotta think that even at 45 watts, it would have to be a ridiculous volume to obviously like distort, but it's not like yeah, it's not like JCM 800 or like really hot rodded distortion. It's sort of more of a big cranked amp and it's just really loud. Yeah. You know, and a lot of the kind of sort of Hendrix era stuff or people using, you know, when you hear loads again, it's because they're sticking like a fuzz face or another drive pedal in front of it. Yeah. Um, so on their own, it's that sort of really fat British sort of mid heavy sound, which is great because to have it in a box because a lot of amps you're just never going to get that sound of volume you know there's a lot of bedroom players out there there's a lot of people playing smaller venues you know you're not no one's going to be able to really crank up a JTM 45 anymore no no it's just yeah like you said it's a good way of getting a half decent impression of a a nice JTM 45 Um, a follow up question to that uh, Matty from uh, Nick in the group in the the chat wants to know um, has anyone tried the Lenny have you tried the the J Rocket Lenny I haven't actually I saw it at uh, come into the shop that I work in and I was yeah. like oh I really must plug that in because I reckon that'll sound really good and then someone bought it and oh. <laughs> they've been they've been sold out for ages um, I think because it gives you that I mean he used a Fender Super 6 like turned up full so I think once again it's that you know people trying to replicate the sound of like big sort of cranked amps but obviously those Fenders were really clean so I think it's designed to give you like huge subs low mids without too much kind of like top end harshness uh, in a nice little booster pedal but actually that's the one I've been meaning to uh, meaning to try very simple I think it is just boost and tone on the yeah. controls on that we uh, we need to get in touch with J Rocket and get ourselves some uh, some pedals to do pedal of the week on because they yeah they're, they're, they're like knocking some cool stuff out of the park yeah, at the moment definitely got some cool stuff. I mean the the Archer was the one that everybody was going on about for, yeah. for a really long time yeah. a yeah. really really long time and they've done a new version of that haven't they Matt I think there's a, like a yeah, so there's a gold and silver version of the Archer. They do a pedal called the Dude, which is like the Dumball yeah. style thing. Um, they do an overdrive pedal called the Hooligan, which is a control called Gunk on it. So you know, I'm into that. Gotta have the Gunk control. Um, they yeah, they do the Lenny, the Blue Note, which is like low gain overdrive, um, and then they do like a buffer with a actual 
it's like a balance control, so it's designed to match the impedance of your pickups. So you change the control depending on what guitar you're plugging in, and it sort of adjusts the buffer slightly for that. Similar, uh, I guess, to the Seymour Duncan pickup booster. Yeah, yeah, like a similar sort of idea to that. Yeah. Um, but it comes in a, like a tiny little square um, like package with just one big control on it. Nice, nice. Um, Joe Branton. Oui? Brand of the week. It's... Uh, it's brand. Oh yeah, what did I go for? No, we did have a we did have something for this. Brand of we? the week. Brand of the, the week. week. No, no, I brand didn't of say the week. week. That, have you stolen? <laughs> did you just steal it from me? Brand of the week. It's brand of the week. Brand, brand of the, the week. week. Oh, I thought I did like a. I quite, like, I quite liked him. It's time for brand of the week. Brand, brand of the week. week. Brand of the week. Brand of the week. Okay, good. Welcome <laughs> to brand of the week. This week, um, in a sort of theme, like last week, we spoke about uh, airline guitars, of course, really being assimilated into Eastwood. And what we really ended up talking about was Eastwood guitars. Yes. But, but airline is an arm of them. And, of course, airline came around because they were big for a very brief 10-year period in the 60s. And to follow that theme, because um, I, I, I was thinking about doing some other ones. There were a few other brands that I wanted to cover that were maybe slightly more contemporary and more mainstream. But I realised how interesting it was reading about airlines. So I wanted to um, continue, and I did mention that I probably would do this last week, but I wanted to continue looking for brands that um, had, uh, you know, had really brief um, periods of, of being a functional brand uh, before disappearing and just talking about the sort of legacies that they have left to the world of instruments so um so today we are going to speak about goya um who are a a guitar and bass manufacturer now the reason goya came on my radar is because juan aldret a uh, patron of um pedalsandeffects.com uh, has recently started playing um goya panther 2 basses uh which uh which he has to uh, he has to obviously find somewhere online, and he surely people send him them now. I would imagine now that right. he's become known as a, like a, a famous user. Surely people go, oh, I've had one of these in the loft for ages. Don't really know what it's all about. Well, maybe he'll get one now. I mean, they are um, they are hard to get hold of. Like, yeah, they were not a big company. They didn't make many guitars in in, in the period that they were a guitar company. But um, yeah, Juan's managed to get hold of a couple. Neither of them are completely original. Both of them have had something change. One of them pickups. One of them tuners. Like it's hard to get hold of something, but. The thing about those Goya Panther basses, I'll talk about them more later down the line. They're very, very cool, but they're only going for like six hundred. I think he said six hundred dollars he paid okay. for them, and they're incredibly cool guitars. He does make one big mistake. He keeps calling them Italian, um, which actually, when I started trying to look for Goya guitars, made this very difficult because I was when I didn't find anything from sort of a Goya prefix, I was looking down sort of like Italian guitar manufacturers and found that actually I have no bloody idea where he got that from uh, because uh, Goya are in fact Swedish okay uh, they well, don't do you want to just tell us the story of Goya yes yes let's do that let me let me start at the top so Goya um, actually aren't Goya at all um, they are Levin okay now Levin do still exist yes now, do you, are you aware of Levin are you all aware of Levin I know the name definitely I don't okay. know much about the brand Levin are a big acoustic manufacturer they're a Swedish acoustic manufacturer that started uh, in sort of the late 19th century um, they were lucky enough to be the acoustic guitar used in um, uh, what's that musical with the woman on the mountain sound of music out? sound of music that one yeah so that, that's a Levin acoustic in that anyway they, they, they make great sort of acoustics and and branched off into arch tops and uh, in the 
Um, in the early 50s, um, a fellow approached um, a, a representative of an American uh, distributor, approached um, Levin, who at the time were being distribu- distributed out of Germany. And he wanted to market them in America, but didn't think Levin Levin was too continental sounding a name. Okay. Uh, so so wanted them to be renamed for him to be able to push them uh, in America. So um, so and he did successfully convince them to rename for the states only uh, as Goya, inspired by the Spanish artist uh, Francisco Goya, who uh, was famed for, for for painting pictures of guitars. And I actually haven't checked out his work, so I don't know how accurate that is, but. I would apparently, call you a philistine, apparently, but I also have uh, yeah, yeah. not familiar with the works of Goya. <laughs> so guitars are were a big part of uh, his artwork, and so they were. Um, the company renamed themselves. Now this isn't uncommon. Obviously, we see this in cars with uh, like you know Vauxhall, Holden, Opel, depending on where you are. Yeah. And they are actually General Motors. Uh, states Is Holden one of their names? Holden, I believe. Yeah, no, Holden, really? okay. Holden's Australia. Okay, um, but but yes. Quite a common thing with guitars in the 50s and 60s, wasn't it? There was like a lot of brands that had one name in the UK, for example, and one name in the US. Yeah. Um, Usually because someone else held the rights to it somewhere else. Yeah. 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 Change it. And also, I just, yeah, like exactly uh, in this case, it's about marketing in the area. So if Levin didn't sound like fancy enough, that's why they went for Goya. I think that's that's a thing that you did see a lot. Yeah. Changing the name to, to suit the area. So I um I started trying to do some research into Goya guitars and sort of and and how they come about because really this all started because all I knew about was these Panther basses. Now the Panther basses are kind of a bit like short scale Fender style basses, but with the most bizarre pickup switching, which I'll explain a bit more later. Like maybe and this comes back to these toggle switches that I'm talking yeah. about. Maybe seven or eight toggle switches per guitar on a four string short scale bass with two oversized single coil pickups that's too many that's too many pickups too many selections it would be great great selections really amazing bizarre oversized headstocks and like things like walnut effect scratch plates on fiesta red bodies like i mean this is the height of 60s cool that's why that's what got me to check them out they do panther also comes in a guitar form so guitarists don't don't be bored by this you can get all that cool stuff on your pointless six string instruments as well but um i i I really struggled to sort of research into goya and find out sort of more information um about them until i found that um Someone has set up a um, a website that just catalogues all of Goy Guitar's catalogues from 1957 onwards, uh, which is great. So when I was you say catalogues, you mean like their print catalogues? Their print catalogues, okay. yeah. So I've got PDFs of all of their catalogues. How bizarre! What a, what a weird project to go and yeah. do. Like, <laughs> oh, this really obscure guitar manufacturer who no one really cares about anymore. I'm going to go through, find all their old catalogues. And then scan them and yeah. put them on the internet. Yeah, exactly. But really interesting. I'll I'll put the link up in the Facebook group because it's so in, like actually flicking through these catalogues is amazing and some of the some of the incredible advertising and the information I available bet. in them is just is just brilliant. But anyway, uh, moving on. Goya didn't actually start manufacturing electric guitars until 1966, okay. where they introduced uh, they introduced two models: the the Panther and also the Rangemaster, which were really their sort of core models. That's which, a great guitar name, isn't it? The, the Rangemaster. Range now that was a <laughs> semi-hollow uh, double or single cut uh, similar pickup and, and toggle switch um, options um, and uh, and then the the year after that um, I'll talk through sort of actually let's let's talk through sort of their 1966 catalog because I've been talking about their switching and I should read you a little bit from this catalog because it's uh, it's 
really quite impressive and I have no idea how to zoom on, on this so uh, so yeah, it's, it's very small writing but I'll, I'll do my best so <clears throat> the six fast action push button controls not only enable the various uses of pickups um, uh, as on other ordinary electric two pickup model guitars but gives the added uh, combinations by crossover from one pickup to the other the three button tone controls instead of the ordinary knob allow lightning quick changes to overall tone quality pre-selected to the three most preferable tone modes this unique arrangement allows for 15 distinct tones now not only does it do that i'll go on to explain that all the pickups are splittable by bass and treble side right. as well so that's oh, it's just amazing it's such a cool range of things you can do i mean admittedly they sort of claim in here that they've invented split pickups but Bear in mind, this is a 66 catalogue. Yeah, you know, was Fender had been doing it since 1957. Well, yeah, but on Fenders, you could never uh, switch in. True, true. Burn, that is but true. I guess someone like... Uh, Matt, there's a Burns guitar, isn't there, that has like the wild dog setting, yes. which allows you to do that. That's right. That, that was, that was it's, all, it's funny, really, it was a similar it? time, that time as well. That, like, sort of, once again, 50s and 60s, like, people really pushing the boat out with switching to, like... Yeah a ridiculous extreme yeah when really all you need is like a telly with three positions well no 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 these Goyas I think are absolutely perfect anyway two years later Goya um, expanded to include amplifiers and oh the the late 60s was such a wonderful time for people just trying absolute bonkers stuff as opposed to all the samey crap that we get at the moment <laughs> look at this look so, at like look tell this. that to all the cool pedal manufacturers <laughs> out there that are making spring boxes that you can't even plug a guitar into yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so here we are so here's some of the things that um they released also effect pedals but they're not effect pedals they're effect heads yes that look like big old valve heads so they do a vibrato delay and sustain head um okay they do uh, an echo reverberation head um an echo reverberation boost and distortion head these are all just effects but in essentially the origins of rack mount i guess yeah um and they also do randomly a vocal amp i like that yeah first on the market with built-in reverberation and a vu meter Four inputs, volume controls. So it's just a PA head, basically. <laughs> it's just yeah. a PA. And and different types of mic connections. Mic spell M I K E. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, great. So plug all your mics in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get, all your, get all your mics around and you know. <laughs> but it's great, honestly. Like the page on amp heads, on well effects, I guess, is just incredible. Like the stuff they started putting out. So anyway. They became very popular, so popular that they were actually ended up being the, uh, this American arm uh, of Goya, who was really branching out from Levin, whose bread and butter was acoustic guitars, um, ended up contributing to like seventy percent of um, of Levin's uh, actual sort of exports. So they shut them down. Pretty much, yeah. That is <laughs> a, almost exactly what <laughs> happened. Um, so in 1967, uh, Levin imposed a near impossible manufacturing um, target on. Uh, on on Goya, who'd very much become their own. I don't know if they worked out of a separate factory by this point. Either way, they couldn't hit it, so they um, they they failed in their contract uh, with Levin and were bought. Um, and they were bought and sold and bought and sold. Unfortunately, sort of a couple of times um, until they ended up, um, sadly, going down um, going down the route of being bought by Custom. Um, who uh, then remember custom amps yep. custom with Tuck, a K custom yeah. tuck and rolls yeah. Yeah, yeah stuff like that so custom went uh, under shortly after and then in in uh, in 19 
73 they were bought by Martin really uh, yeah so uh, so how yes. weird is that yeah yeah exactly so Martin then immediately um, moved um, all of their shut down the Swedish plant moved all their guitars to um, uh, to Japan and uh, you can see in the catalogs if you look at their 70s catalogs that they started making knockoff Les Pauls that's how Strats. I know the name I don't know yeah. any of the uh, history before that but I knew yeah. I know Goya as a Japanese brand who make kind of like you say copies basically nice Japanese copies um, so yeah cool to know that they were actually really inventive um, Jay what are you I'm trying to get Joe to text me the URL of that um, oh, right, so I can post it up put in, it in the group, group. Oh, okay yeah. sure yeah it's Goya uh, well I'll say it to everyone if, if you're near a computer and you're listening as well um, it's goyaguitars.tripod.com um, that will get you to the website and then they literally list all of the catalogs and honestly it's such an interesting read I've just given you obviously that little bit out of the 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 uh, the, the 66 catalogue which was my favourite but um, it's, it's just amazing listening to, to them talk about like, all this new technology that has sort of bitten the dust but I really don't think should have I, I do feel that we're missing out on uh, uh, much what, better tone options what we need as we talked about with the new pink sparkly strats 18 pickup combinations um, <laughs> and nothing less will do I think Yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll post that link up in the Facebook group yeah, so facebook.com forward slash groups forward yeah. slash guitar nerds forum where you can also leave us your questions and we will read them out tidy link thusly can I uh, interject there we've actually had a question pertaining to this okay Uh uh, kind of from the pertaining to the questions pertaining to what your little segue was there okay uh, in the uh, Matt in the group wanted to know whether the um, whether the Squire Pink Sparkle Strat was any good as as spec because he really wants a Pink Sparkle Strat they're very but good. But doesn't want to upgrade the pickup. So sure. isn't, isn't any good at it. By the sounds of things, a bit like me, in uh, A, not really very technical, and B, yeah. not really bothered about learning how to be a bit more technical, okay. which I completely, completely respect. I'm uh, I'm all about the, uh, the the bath of least resistance. The bath. Oh, nice. There nice reference. Thank you. Um, so my thoughts on the Pink Sparkle Strat are it plays very nicely. Uh, it comes with nines, and I've yet to put tens on it. At the moment, I'm finding that the strings fall off the neck a little bit, but I think that's because I'm a bit heavy-handed. Um, the pickups, they were, they're a bit dark for my tastes um, as standard, but... I'm sure they would do. Like, if you're not fussed about changing the pickups, the ones that are in there for a £177 guitar are fine. They will do the job. Um, Personally, I would say that if you're going to upgrade it, you know, if you want to upgrade, that's the obvious thing to do. The machine heads seem to be fine. The trim seems to be okay. Like, if you lock it down, which is what I'm going to do, I don't reuse the trim. Um, (laughs) The trim seems to be fine as long as you don't use it and also lock it. (laughs) As it is at the moment on the guitar, like, I've got the trim arm in, and it's fine, but I'm going to lock it down, which is easy enough to do for more tuning stability. The one thing that I think is um, that you should upgrade, really, if you can or if you want to, are the pickups. But as standard... Fine, and the best thing about the whole guitar, obviously, is the finish is phenomenal. Not only do they do a grand range of colours, but the actual quality of the finish is really good. Um, yeah, I'm blown away from for 177 quid, or you know, I, oh, just over 150 quid, however much they are now. It's totally worth buying one. Um, everyone should own a pink sparkle guitar, basically. Oh, I completely so do agree. It. 
Um, very quickly, before we blast into questions, I just want to ask the listeners um, and, and, and viewers uh, uh, for, for their help on next week's Brand of the Week. Because um, I have two choices. One's harder to research than the other, but I'd, I'd like to maybe know what people would like to hear about more. I'm either going to research and tell you all about Dyne Electro. Do you know much about Dyne Electro? Dyne Electro. Okay, I don't, but okay. don't tell me now. We- okay, so, so I'll either let you know about Dyne Electro, the brand, yeah. or Hona. So one of the two, obviously... I think we can Hone is a bit easier Hone to is easier to research but still a really interesting company um, who had their sort of prime time a little later than the brands we've looked at over the last couple of weeks uh, more in the 80s but nonetheless we're going to talk about one of the two so I'd like to know what people would rather hear about Dyn Electro or Hona I think uh, yeah I mean my vote is for Dyn Electro but people in the Facebook group um, please do uh, do cast your yeah. vote I'd like to know it's, uh, it's good I to might know. actually put it up there as a vote thing maybe yeah can you do that in groups yeah, yeah, definitely. Do so. I, I yeah. did one in the Joe is the best part of uh, Guitar Nerds oh, yeah, Facebook yeah. group. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't talk about that group. Why not? It's a great group. No. It's, uh, it's good to know that with your brand of the week choices, you're you know really keeping your finger on the pulse with what's going on in uh, today's society. Yeah, just old sixties no. knockabout <laughs> pawn shop guitars, basically. This is, yeah, this yeah. is great. This I really, I'm going to do harmony at some point. Um, I'd really like to do harmony and. Uh, and um, oh, oh, what was Billy Joe Armstrong's old strat? I really want Fernandez. to do that. Fernandez. I really want to do okay. Fernandez as well. Look, I think that's cool. Like if we There's, do like Fernandez, Fernandez are still current. So. Yeah, I know, but really, I want to talk about. They're, they're not still current. They've okay. done. They're, they're, they're exactly what so many brands from that era. They're exactly what airline are now. They're not really Fernandez no, no, anymore. No, yeah, of course. I want to talk about the origin stories of all these great companies that sort of that you know all of us love Fender and Gibson. Don't forget that they're the people that killed all these great brands. <laughs> I'm not sure how true that is. Probably, do, probably true. Should we do some questions? Uh, <coughs> question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went a bit too low. That one was good. <laughs> First up, uh, Chris says, one five grand guitar or as many cheap guitars as you could get with five grand. After acquiring a J Maskis uh, Squire, I find myself thinking, Jesus, I could get eight or nine of these for one custom le- shop Les Paul that I have. Um, so you got five grand to spend. Right. Where does it go, Matt Knight? Does it go on a five grand custom shop Les Paul, or do you spend that money on multiple cheaper guitars? And if so, which ones? No, I think I would have to go down the custom route because I don't know if I had eight guitars that are all like relatively cheaper. So I'm sure they'd be good. It's like you can only play one guitar at a time. So I'd rather have one awesome guitar that I could play all of the time. Okay. So, um, what what would your five grand Les Paul be? PRS. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. In fact, we were talking about that in the group, and actually, no, I I do respect them as a, as a great guitar and well built, but I, I just I wouldn't I wouldn't play one. I, to be honest, I would probably I'd probably spec out a pretty ridiculous Fender custom shop. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I Black. Think- no, blue sparkle over pink sparkle. Yes. No. I don't think I've, I've never seen you, a no, you've sparkle. No, you've sparkle. got to mix it. You've got to mix it up. It's got to be something like blue sparkle over pink paisley. Like yeah, it has uh, yeah, to be. No, pink, pink, pink sparkle over blue paisley. Blue with, flower. Blue flower, with, mate. Yeah, with come a, on, where do you come want? On? Uh, yeah. <laughs> with a humbucker in a bridge yeah. and a telly pickup in the <laughs> neck, and 
maybe a Floyd Rose and a sustainer. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm joking. Honestly. Instead of buying multiple cheap guitars, he's just bought all the components <laughs> from those cheap guitars <laughs> and put them onto one expensive guitar. I like what you've done there, Matty. Jay Cross, five grand to spend on a guitar or multiple guitars. What'd you do? So the thing that really struck me about this question is um, I kind of feel like the 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 place where it's the, the guitar that has inspired this is kind of a little bit unfair because the J Maskis guitar is just so phenomenal. It's I mean it's the best I don't think a guitar that has ever been made that's better than it for less than four hundred pounds. Yeah. Or five hundred or what are they now? Are they a little over four hundred? Something like four two seven. So yeah, I mean I really don't think that anybody has ever produced a better guitar for that money. I, you know, they are they really do set the bar so high. With regards to um, one guitar for five grand or a bunch of guitars for, for that money, I think I would probably go down the route of um, a bunch for the same money. I think I'd probably get more enjoyment out of... Um, well, I mean, I kind of have that already. Yeah. Like, I've got a, a £1,000 um, P-Bass, and I've got, like, a two grand Les Paul and a couple of, like, 500 quid Les Pauls and a sort of thousand pound telly so i kind of already You're have that there, and yeah, I, yeah. I think that's I, I that's where I, I would feel more comfortable hmm. um and you know it's it, it's taken me a while to get there i've you know been you know as we all have Buying into this for, yeah absolutely for a long time and it's I, I think that's where i feel more comfortable um i mean obviously in the long run i'd love to have a bunch of five, five grand guitars, guitars. yeah that'd be dream. amazing but um, at the but realistically at the moment there's I don't think I could spend five grand on a guitar that would be to a spec that I want. Yeah, yeah. Um, You'd be hard pushed to actually spend yeah, that money. Yeah, I mean, you know, if I like even going down the route of if I wanted to buy like a master built Telecaster, which I can imagine being the sort of that would be the sort of thing that like potentially I may buy at some point. Um, a master built. Te- I mean, you know, at the moment, a master built telly is going to be like three grand, maybe three five, if you yeah, if you tops. go like really far out. Um, and even like a fifty eight Les Paul, a fifty eight custom shop Les Paul, they're still sub four grand. Yeah. So like, I I don't think I would need to ever spend that much money on a guitar. I totally understand why there are guitars that cost that much money. You know, I I completely understand that. Um, but yeah, for me, it's, it would definitely go down the route of, uh, of, of, of cheap guitars for less money. Yeah. Joe Branton? Um, I, I would actually, um, I guess, echo Jay quite a lot on, on this one um, in that uh, I agree kind of with the Jay Maskers. I think that, that sort of applies elsewhere as well. I think you can buy carefully. I think you can buy cheap things carefully. There is a lot of crap out there that's <laughs> three, four hundred quid. But yeah, I think there are totally. also some remarkable guitars. Like we, uh, you know, from a bass perspective, we have often mentioned the Matt Freeman as being yeah. the single best bass in the Fender or Squire catalogue at the moment. That's a four hundred and twenty pound guitar. I mean, when we started talking about it, it was a three hundred and fifty pound yeah, yeah, guitar. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Fender yeah. have hoiked <laughs> their prices yeah. so much since since we started this podcast. But um, but still, that's you know that's still really affordable. And actually, I think from my perspective, you know, Matt owns loads of really amazing guitars. And um, every now and again, I think about getting a custom shop. And then at every gig, when I throw my bass at the end, I'm, I'm like, that's why I don't own a custom yeah. shop. And and I I wouldn't become I couldn't I, I couldn't gig as confidently 
throwing my guitar around with a guitar that costs a lot of money so I actually think I'd rather spend 500 quid I'd actually rather undercut a grand a grand's still a lot of money to throw in the air um, yeah. I'd, I'd rather sort of spend that money and get something good and maybe make a few sort of changes to, to make it gig worthy but I, I much prefer that and I actually think I feel more at home on like <laughs> on almost something cheap like I'm like this is good for what it is the Joe Brandon mantra it's <laughs> good for what it is I mean the other thing you've got to bear in mind is like you know eventually you might grow up and you might stop <laughs> throwing your stuff around no, I mean I'd say that never. being the sort of person that also throws stuff around so yeah, like you know happen, we happen. might get there eventually do you know what I was actually thinking of at the moment speaking of of, of this because uh, I was talking about earlier um, but I had uh, um, I had a, a, a performing rights society a PRS check come through for like the last five years because I had the wrong credit card details etc so I have some money that I didn't realise I had and I was thinking about putting it away putting it towards something and then I was like hmm it's about the same amount of money as an Eva Gardner signature yes. P-Base and of course you know, now we're talking do we know why Eva Gardner's back on my Mars Volta the Mars, Mars Volta, Volta are reforming original lineup, and of course Eva Gardner was on the original EP right. before Juan before Juan was the third bass before player before Flea oh, right, yeah. okay. Flea was on the first album really? Eva Gardner yeah. is on the on the first EP okay. the only reason she's a bass player because her in fact her signature model is a copy of her father's bass but her father passed away just before um, the uh, the Mars Volta went to record Delouse in the Comatorium and so Flea is playing Eva Gardner's bass lines on that record oh right um, okay. so actually even though she's not on it very much she wrote the record she she wrote that record right. she wrote the first EP which a lot of people would cite as being the best stuff I'm a massive Juan Alderet fan nonetheless Eva Garner is an incredible bass player so I'm stoked that the Mars Volta are back but also you might buy one of her bases I might buy one of her bases I'm with you guys I think uh, I like having a lot of stuff I like having a lot of different guitars so if someone just gave me a pile of cash five grand I'd get Bahartelli uh, I'd get probably a Jay Maskis I'd get probably a Matt Freeman like all these cool guitars that we've talked about that's it about. those are all the ones aren't they yeah. they're the ones that stand do you know we should do that as a list some sometimes of sort all of, uh, the greatest hits of guitar maybe nerds. like maybe yeah maybe something like the top 50 or maybe that's too many to include only the best bits maybe top 20 best uh, things best affordable things it should <laughs> okay. specifically be all the stuff that's like punches above its weight because we've yeah. seen it loads we saw it with the soul food you know as, a, as an effect we see it with the Matt Freeman with the Jay Maskers we could definitely do a big list I um, I was thinking the other day we need to do a gear of the year so far uh, special because we've not actually done that yet a little catch up so- sofa yeah on the sofa the sofa special yeah, yeah. yeah we've not done a gear of the year catch up yet and a lot of things have been released that I think we haven't really talked about so um, yeah I think maybe next week we'll do a gear of the year so far special <laughs> we are halfway through the year we are indeed just, just passed so it's, it's about that time anyway we're well up over time so uh, we should wrap this thing up thanks to everyone who sent in Facebook questions I did say last week that we're trying to answer more questions on the pod um, but Joe Branton's bloody brand did, of the was week was it me was it, is no, it, is not it taking up too much time not at all I thought it was really good really informative oh, thanks, um, but next week we'll try and fit in some more questions so do go to the Facebook group facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum uh, where you can submit questions to the podcast and we will try and get around some more next week I absolutely promise thanks for joining us if you've been watching on Amplify ampli.fi forward slash guitar nerds where every uh, Tuesday night 8 
30 uh, p.m. Uh, GMT. We go live and do this this for an hour. Um, you can pick up the pod where podcasts are available. If you've been listening to um, the pod for a while and you haven't gone onto iTunes and left us a nice review, that would be amazing because the way people can discover this and the way the pod can grow and we get loads of nice new guitar people uh, in the Guitar Nerds community is primarily through iTunes. Um so yeah if you could go on there leave a nice five star review leave us a review that would be uh, much appreciated do it we also uh, if you want to help out the podcast in other ways uh, over at patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds we have a little kind of subscription service where if you want to get involved um, and uh, sign up and contribute a, a few dollars a month uh, anywhere from uh, $5 a month you'll get an extra half an hour of Guitar Nerds every week um, and what we've been doing, well, what we did last week and what we're c- continuing on is a kind of a sounder-like series so I think this week, Matt, we're doing Sound Like Dave Gilmore, is that right? Yes. So we're going to yes, talk... I picked my favourite this oh. time. We're going to do Roger Waters. We're going to talk about Dave Gilmore's <laughs> gear that he currently uses and how you can get that sound uh, on a kind of budget... Um, budget basically a budget budget a budget budget um, so some options on uh, getting some cheap Gilmore action so patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds where from as little as five dollars a month you get the extra episode but for ten dollars a month you become one of our executive producers and get your name read out like this wait 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 oh, I can't do it because you didn't put them in hold on hold on you're going to have to bear with me I'm going to have to Ah, here we are. I didn't get the list up. Just keep going. Keep it um, All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Ready? You ready? Steve Merkel, Tony Blair, Andrew Marco, Mark Cross, JD Short, David Carroll, Andy McKenzie, Brad Pitt, Paul Corrigan, Jack Godfrey, Jack Conroy, Will Claire, Theresa May, Scott O'Brien, Matt Quine, Phil Thompson, Laurie Amstis, Moo Gravit, Colin Anderson. Do the two that you did badly again. Blair. Blair Toms. Yes, and the other one? Brad Pitt. Brad Page. I'm Brad, sorry. Brad Page. Did Brad you Page. also add in Theresa May? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Our new leader and reptilian overlord, oh, Theresa May, God. is actually a uh, Patreon sponsor. <laughs> Joe's, a, Joe's a big fan. Yeah, big fan. Um, so there we go. So uh, if you've helped us out on Patreon, uh, we thank you with a nice little song and dance uh, every week Um, do uh, follow us on Twitter at Guitar Nerds Instagram at Guitar Nerds Uh, obviously join the Facebook group or you can speak to us individually on the Twitter at Mark underscore Random at Matt underscore Nightsy at J-A-Y-B-N-1 and at Joseph underscore 900 where we're probably all just like having a go at Southern Rail about being the worst train company in the world it's really bad I'm actually I'm really looking forward to the Patreon because I feel like Matty hasn't really Matty, it's been quiet this week. Yeah, quiet. Yeah. Have you just been? Have you been browbeaten by Southern Rail today? Is that what it is, Matty? No, actually. Um, although I wasn't really affected by Southern, the sinkhole, which is, I can't really blame Southern for that, but I enjoyed enough of their uh, I like, I like rubbish a good, service. I like for, a good uh, sinkhole. I think sinkholes are fascinating. But it is mad. Fifty isn't foot, it? a fifty foot sinkhole. You yeah. Know. My uh, my sister actually it, bought a flat that then had a sinkhole open up. I thought you were going to say just bought a sinkhole. Yeah, one opened up. They put it up for sale. (laughs) That sounds like the London property (laughs) market. They they did. They got they got put up in like a hotel for like a month by the council, whilst they had to fix it. How was that? The council. um... Well, I assume it was the council. I assume it wasn't the. It was one of those new build sort of areas. 
Sinkhole busters. I don't know. Anyway, thanks for joining us this week. Um, Thanks for joining us on Amplify, and uh, we will see you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 